Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hello everybody, how you doing? Congratulations on not killing yourself, it's tough out here Welcome to another episode of The Voices in Our Buttholes Just kidding, heads that's the voice in your butthole um hey new york city drivers if if you're behind me at a stoplight and the second the light turns green you honk that's not gonna do much okay you don't gotta honk the second the light turns green give me a second to press the gas pedal trust me i'm speedier than you probably I'm trying to get places too. I'm never not in a rush. Even when I don't need to be in a rush, I'm always in a rush. You don't got to honk at me if you're behind me and the second the light turns green, I have you're worried that I haven't gone. Um, also, New York City drivers, um, Christina for mayor, by the way, the double parking. Man, I love driving in New York because it's like a video game, which is cool. And double parking is a part of that video game experience. But my God, Greenpoint, Brooklyn, you can't double park on both sides. Do you know what I'm saying? Then there's just no. And then I got to wait. I'm a New Yorker. You can make me fucking wait. Are you out of your mind? I'm going to lose my shit on you. Oh, my God. It's just been I've been behind a lot of garbage trucks and a lot of FedEx trucks and a lot of Amazon motherfuckers lately. Tis the season to order everything on Amazon. And that applies for all the days of the year. 365 days of the year. Is that how many? Yes. Sick. I forgot for a second. But my brain is still intact, everybody. Just I had a brief lapse. We came back. Uh, and then the other day, yesterday, all these, I was double parked. And I, when I double park, when I double park, it's okay. But when I double park, I got, I make sure that there's room for a large vehicle to get by me. And if there's not, I stay in the car because if someone can't get by, I got to go around the block. That's my fault, not yours. That's my bad. Okay. And then I was, there was a FedEx truck yesterday who couldn't, I was double parked behind, or he was double parked and I was behind him and I had to wait. And I was very patient because I was like, this is a great opportunity. This is a low stakes moment to practice some patience, Christina. And I did, I practiced my patience and then I got ahead of him and he kept stopping. And then I double parked and I double parked. He couldn't get around me, but every other kind of vehicle could. He had one of those thick, chody fucking FedEx trucks. And then he had the audacity to honk at me the second he approached me. And I'm like, motherfucker. And then I I did something. It was really mature. I pretended I couldn't see him. I pretended I was on my phone. I wasn't. Then I was taking a call and he knocked and he was being really impatient. I was like, oh, it sucks to be behind a double parked person, doesn't it? And you got to wait for a second. Dare I say, oh, a minute? Yes. Yes, FedEx man. And I pretend I I gave it like 10 seconds of pretending not to see. And he got pissed off, man. He was knocking. He was, hey, lady. And I was like, yeah, no, I just really think the medication's working. And I was just having this fucking fake conversation. And he was getting so pissed. And I gave myself 10 seconds of joy before pulling around. Because I'm a good person. Speaking of being a good person, I'm going to be performing in the following places, the following times. New Jersey. I'm at the Stress Factory, January 4th through 6th. I'm headlining. That means I'm doing one hour of stand-up comedy. 
Not a lot of people have bought tickets because I haven't been promoting it. Well, I've been promoting it starting one week from today, but you got to buy tickets. It says low ticket alert on the website. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm going to break down that fourth wall. They're lying. Okay. They're just trying to get you to buy tickets. And I say, how about you buy tickets because you want to because Christina's going to force you to. You fuck. If you're in town those days, you have no excuse. You have to support live comedy. Love you. Uh, New York City, February 1st is the next Midnight Theater gig. It's Guys We Fucked Live at the Midnight Theater. Come on down. Our December show was one for the record books. I mean, it was fantastic. Los Angeles, California. The ticket link is not up for this. However, I want you to save the date. Valentine's Day, February 14th. Don't be a sad bitch. Be a bad bitch. Bring your friends. Come by yourself. Bring your partner. Corinne Fisher and I are headlining the main room at the comedy store on Valentine's Day. It's going to be epic. It's going to be the best Valentine's Day of your fucking life. And if you're a boy who dates girls who listen to the show, you're going to want to surprise them with tickets. Okay. And then Springfield, Missouri. Are you there? You listening? Is anybody in Springfield listening? Because guess what? March 22nd and 23rd, I'm going to be headlining. Oops, forgot to put the name of the club. I want to say Boxcar Comedy Club, but I already did that one. It's it's a it's one of them. It's whatever club. There can't be more than one in Springfield, Missouri. Hopefully Missouri. I just said Springfield and I'm assuming it's Missouri. March 22nd and 23rd. Okay. And then as always, your girl's not a licensed therapist. No, I'm not. However, I have had many dark nights of the soul. Actually one real major one. And I'll probably have more. Um, And I've read a lot of self-help books. And I have a Patreon page where once a week I host group Zoom therapy. And I record the audio and the audio lives on the Patreon so you can listen to it if you can't make it. I try to vary the dates and times that I do it so that everybody has a chance to at least make one session. Uh, They're about an hour and 15 minutes. And I got to say, creating a pretty great space because guess what? Life, if you don't realize it yet, is hard. It doesn't have to be. And one of the reasons that it can be nicer is if you just share what's on your mind with a bunch of fucking strangers. It really does help. Honestly, it helps for me. Okay, so patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. Um, no one ever said, you know how everyone's like, I got a guy. That usually means drugs or I can hire someone to kill someone for you or hire someone to punch somebody for you. I got guys for those, not the kill one. Although if I dug deep, I probably could find one, but I'm not, I wouldn't do that. I would never do that. But I got guys for all kinds of stuff. Never a gal. I don't have a gal. No one's ever like, hey, I got a, I got a lady. I got a gat. I got a girl. No, girl sounds weird. That sounds like you're a sex trafficker. Hey, no one ever says, hey, I got a woman. Then you just, they think you're Jamie Foxx singing, you take my money, um, which is a remix or a, he sampled that track. I know he wasn't the original singer of I got a woman. I know that. I know, yeah. It's, yes. That's I knew that. That Michael said it, and I re-remembered that it was Ray Charles. But deep in my subconscious, I knew it was Ray Charles. But yeah, no one's ever got a woman or a gal. I guess a gal? Because if you're a drug person or the person, you wouldn't... Well, maybe you would hire a woman to punch someone. Honestly, you'd be smart, too, because it's unsuspecting. Women have a lot of anger, dare I say, more than men. If women ran the world, would it be more violent? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. Give women a chance. We could be pieces of shit, too. That's a quality. But yeah, no one's ever said I got a gal. All right. This is I this is the main topic of the show. I mean, duh. Look, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something about me. You might know this. You might know this about me, but in case you don't, I need you to know this. 
Beyonce is the only person that I look up to in this world. That's it. And I love and respect her so much. I know she's not perfect. I'm sure she has flaws. I've never seen any of them, but I'm sure they're there. And I don't hold her to impossible standards. And also when shit happens in her personal life, I'm like, I don't even read the article because it's none of my fucking business. If she wanted me to know, she would tell me. Okay. If she gives an interview, I'll watch it. But if some motherfucking TMZ shit's like Beyonce, mind your business. She don't want you to know that. I respect my queen. I love Beyonce. Okay. I just trimmed my tree this past week, this past weekend. And for the last several years, the angel on my Christmas tree. Yes, it is a Beyonce angel that I got from Etsy. It kind of looks like her. Not fully, but the idea is there. So the Beyonce is at the top of my Christmas tree. Um, I, I have all of her clothes. Every every year on her birthday, September 4th, I, I just purchase a shitload of merch just because I want to support her and I love her and I love owning things um, that say Beyonce on them. I have a Beyonce tattoo on my middle finger in blue ink in honor of Blue Ivy. It says WWBD. It was penned. The handwriting of this was Nadine Strassen, the first female president of the American Civil Liberties Union. And WWBD stands for what will Beyonce do? Well, apparently Beyonce would put your girl in her award-winning, not yet, but future, best-selling, well-attended, 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, concert film renaissance. That's what Beyonce would do. Beyonce would say, I'm going to look through all this footage because you know she's a control freak. I fucking love that about her. That's why her shit's so tight. She looked at all the footage of all the shows she's done, 55 shows, by the way, uh, for the Renaissance tour. And she said, let's, in the middle of thanking, or right after that, I thank my father and then I thank my mother, Tina. The, within the first 15 minutes of the film, I'm going to put a shot of this girl that I probably don't know is Christina Marie Hutchinson. And it, I still don't have a reaction to it. Guys, this was, this was, whew, you can't, that wasn't in my bingo card. Being featured in the Beyonce Renaissance film was not on my bingo card. However, every morning I do say all my hopes and dreams. And then I say, and then stuff I can't even imagine happens all the time. And I'm like, what? Life's crazy. Well, that's that. Okay. Manifest shit, guys. Envision your future and ask for things beyond your wildest dreams. Make sure to not cap it. Don't cap it. Um, this I okay. So I saw the film. I was I was alerted by a woman on Instagram, and I lost my shit. And then the following week, Thursday night, the night that the Renaissance film premiered, I got tickets. Me and my girl Donna, because we went to the concert together. Um. And I went from the Guys Who Fuck studio because we did a live on YouTube. You should watch it. YouTube.com slash Guys Who Fucked without the you and fucked. Okay. And I biked like hell. Our studio is in Times Square and we saw the film at AMC Kips Bay. We got done with the live at 1020. The film started at 1030. I already planned my route. I knew which city bikes thing I was going to get. And I, when I tell you I almost flipped over the handlebars three times, that's true. I wasn't even scared, though, because I was like, sorry, I'm about to see myself on the big screen. OK, I biked over in eight minutes. That is insane. Got a lot of people mad, almost hit a pedestrian, kind of her fault, but still don't want to do that. Um, I biked like hell. And by the time I got there, they were still in the preview. So I was like, sick, 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 sick. The film was fantastic. It was fantastic. It's so good. I, I you have to see this movie. Or we're not friends. Okay. This woman, her career, Beyonce's career 
has spanned 27 years. That is unheard of, okay? And she keeps reinventing herself and reinventing herself. And she works her ass off. And she's just, and she doesn't give a lot of interviews, okay? Because she's Beyonce. And honestly, it adds to her lore. It adds to her mysteriousness. It adds to her being the queen because she doesn't have to do interviews. She just does what she wants and she works hard, okay? I, I uh, when we appeared on the screen after her thanking her audience, it was this beautiful speech. <sighs> I mean, I, 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 oh, if you want to see the clip, it's on my Instagram, uh, the clip of, of Donna and I in the movie. I'm just sitting there crying, taking in the queen, and she puts at a solid five seconds. And that was a good, and then all these people keep DMing me still to this day. Today I got DMs. Oh my God, it's just the Beyonce movie. Holy shit, you're in it. I'm like, every time I get a DM, I'm like, <gasps> I remember. I, I okay, th- you see this? If you're watching, this is the toy. I own the toilet paper that's in Beyonce's tour rider. This is what Beyonce wipes her ass with. It's this red, I don't forget the brand because I don't have the tubes in my storage unit. But this is a roll of red toilet paper, very thick. And when I first got it, it's been sitting out on my shelf. So it used to smell like baby powder, but now it just smells like my apartment. So weed and sage um but this is i own the toilet paper donna got me this the toilet paper that beyonce wipes her ass with when she's on tour okay this is how big of a fan i am this means the world to me this moment means the world to me uh beside myself uh it really anything could happen guys i thought i thought that finding out my father wasn't my biological father was a surprise this was a bigger surprise and it certainly meant more in the happy field than the other one. <laughs> but Beyonce, she, I highly recommend seeing the film. I'm sure it's going to be out somewhere for you to stream. But see it in the theaters because guess what? Beyonce fans are the best fans in the world. That theater was popping just like it was at her concert. Everyone had their customized outfits. They looked fly as fuck. Okay. Most people were standing. I couldn't because I was weak in the knees because I couldn't believe I was featured in it. Truly. I mean, thank you, Beyonce. It is such an honor to be your fan. It's an honor. There is a lot of great moments in this documentary that you'll see when you watch it because you will watch it. And if you don't, that's okay. It's your body, your choice. Um, but I loved when in the concert, Blue Ivy came out and I was so excited. And then in the, in the film, they did a piece. They do like these little stories. They did stories on various dancers and a lot of stories about Beyonce. And one of the stories was about Blue Ivy. She asked to be a dancer on the tour. She asked to feature as a dancer. And Beyonce said, hell no, you're 11. And she was like, but what the fuck? She didn't say what the fuck. She's, she's very well behaved. That kid, Blue Ivy is like, a, she's a little angel. That child is so precious. Also during the documentary, there's a lot of times where Blue was in the room as Beyonce was giving notes to her production crew on her tour. And she was like, I'm going to take out this song. And Blue was like, mom, no, you can't take out this song. And Beyonce was like, no, I'm going to do that, honey. Don't, this is mommy's, this is mommy's thing. But yeah, and she, Blue Ivy was like talking back, but respectfully in a sweet way. But I was like, damn, ain't nobody talking to Beyonce like that except her kid. Whew, my butthole got tight just imagining somebody else talking to her like that. But it was really sweet to watch her, their interact. And then Blue featured in one of the shows because Beyonce was like, all right, if you're going to do this, you have to show up to rehearsal every morning, you have to work hard. And Blue... God love her. She was so honest. She was like, this is the first thing that I had to really work hard for. It wasn't something that was handed to me. I had to earn it. And she did her performance. And then I guess one of her friends showed her the comments on Instagram the following day. 
and people did not say nice things. She's first of all, she's fucking 11. So anybody not saying nice things about Beyonce's daughter, you go fuck yourself. You're entitled to say the not nice things, but you can go fuck yourself. Okay. Okay. Are you right? No, you're not. You're wrong. But I guess a friend of Blue's showed her the negative comments and it really upset her. And Beyonce was like, what the fuck? Why are you showing my baby that? That's not what she said, but that's what I imagine her saying. And but then she was so determined. She was like, no, I want to do I want to do another show. I want to work harder and rehearse more and do another show. And then she did the whole tour. And she said, by the time the last show is happening on the tour, I'm going to dance my face off. And I was like, look at that work ethic and positive attitude. I mean, she's Beyonce's kid. I loved it. I was rollerblading uh, the next day after I saw the Beyonce film and I was listening to I Was Here. It's one of my favorite Beyonce songs. It's so beautiful. Oh, if you haven't heard it, you gotta listen to it. You're gonna cry. But I was rollerblading and I and I was just listening to all of her, her catalog. And that song came on and I just started bawling, just bawling. And all these kids were looking at me like, who's that weird lady crying on roller skates? That's a weird thing to see. Hey, I show kids things that they haven't seen before and not in a gross, inappropriate way. Just like a grown woman can express her emotions anywhere, just like you. Okay. And she doesn't have to care. And also with Beyonce, the last thing I'll say, probably, probably not. It's really nice. It's really nice when someone's inner beauty and their outer beauty match. It doesn't have to happen. In fact, it mostly doesn't. But like, Beyonce is one of the most beautiful, physically beautiful women on the planet. She's so hot and her vibe and the way she walks and the way she fucking raps and the way she says everything about her is so sexy to me. But she's also that beautiful on the inside. And you just it's so nice when it matches up. Honestly, even when someone is an awful person and they're butt ass ugly on the outside, that also feels good because it matches up. You know, you're like, oh, you're just you look just as shitty as you are. I, that doesn't mean you can change and grow and evolve into a good person. But it, for now, my brain is taking in that the outside matches the inside. And I like that. It's nice. I like when things match. I like when things match. Okay, I'm a person. Speaking of people. Oh, God. There's this documentary series on HBO called Savior Complex. And I was like, uh-oh. This is the, the, the summary is this. An investigation into an American missionary accused of dangerously treating sick children in Uganda despite having no medical training. And yes, she's a white lady who loves Jesus and really got off on being this doctor. And oh boy, there's a, there's a slice. It's not all, but boy, there's a slice of white women. That just don't you. I watched this documentary, this, I think it's a docuseries, and the whole time, this woman, I think her name was Eileen, who's the missionary who like lived in, ended up living in Uganda for a long period of time until she got kicked out, until like the Ugandan government stepped in because she was reported by doctors of being like, this lady doesn't have a medical license and she's putting IVs in children and not doing all the proper steps to take care of people. So can you kick her out? And they're like, oh, yeah, get the fuck out of here, lady. But there's a sliver of white women that are so, I've only seen it, white men have a different brand of it, but white women, they're just, they really think they're right. And they're not. And they, there's no room. You see it. There's no room. Because you, you, you're, I look at that kind of lady and I'm like, you're fragile. And it would take a little paper clip to flick at you to have all your house of cards come crumbling down. And boy, you'll scream cry. 
I can tell. I see it in your eyes. You're on the verge of it. You're one of those people that are like, I'm great. Everything's great. You're great too. Okay, let's go. And it's just like the whole documentary, I'm like, this woman really thinks she's doing good things. And she won't, she won't admit that she shouldn't be medically practicing on children. It was wild. It was a wild documentary. If you want to get pissed off, I mean, no documentary is going to make you. You know what? I've watched that documentary and I want to tackle the world and be a good person. And I want to go skip around the block naked. Like documentaries always make you angry. Uh, And this did. So if you're looking for one, HBO, Savior Complex. It's very interesting. And there was there was an organization they introduced the second episode uh, called No White Saviors. And it was uh, a bunch of women from Uganda. And then this one white lady who was a uh, what does she call herself? Not an ex-white savior, but a, a, a white savior in recovery. And the second this woman came on the screen, I got to be honest, I was like, I don't fucking like you. Something's up with you. I don't fucking like your attitude. You get there. I forget who said it. it I think it might have been Michael Singer. No, it wasn't. It was the fucking J.K. Rowling podcast. It was J.K. Rowling. Uh, the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling is a great podcast about her, about the story of her. Uh, and she, I think she said this. I, I probably heard it before, though. She maybe echoed it. Anyway, the point that I'm making is when you get a rush from your activism, you get like a kind of like this ego cocky rush of like, ha better than you. You don't have to say that, but you feel it. Then you're not in it for the right reasons. And the second this white savior in recovery came on screen, I was like, you're one of those ladies. And then at the end of the documentary, I don't care. I'm going to give it away. It's a spoiler. She fucking was. Because all the women that worked in the organization that were from Uganda were just like yelling at her for being like selfish and like not being in it for the right reasons. And I was like, I fucking knew it. I love when I'm right about people. I also love when I'm wrong about people. And I do think people can change. But man, that bitch sucked. So if you want to get mad at some white ladies, it's kind of fun. Save your complex, HBO. Guys, guess what time it is? It's time. For some fuckboy theater, okay? Thank you for attending this week's performance of Fuckboy Theater, performed by the Williamsburg Philharmonic and a piece of shit named Dan is our first feature act. He's talking to a perfect woman who's never done anything wrong in her life and this piece of shit had named Dan, okay? This is a text conversation between Dan and a woman. Wanna play? Oh, what game are we playing? Could I eat your pussy? Oh, maybe if I thought your mouth deserved it. How's it going? I'll read that again. Oh, maybe if I thought your mouth deserved it. Would love to see your handsome face, wingy face. And then he says, yeah. And she says, heart eye emoji. There you go. So, want my cock? (laughs) Maybe. This seems kind of like a fake account. It's not. I'm just put a pickup I took yesterday. Okie doke. So, what do you do for a living? Deliver water, LOL. 
you? And then, you know, she doesn't respond to that. And approximately five hours and 53 minutes later, he texts again. Want to come over? How did he spell come? C-U-M. You bet your ass he spelled come C-U-M. And then the next day at 4.32 p.m., he just goes, question mark, question mark. Mm, Good luck, Dan. Good luck. All right, this is one more conversation between a lovely, beautiful, majestic, divine, feminine goddess of a woman and some real railroad trash named Sean. Okay. Hola, Rachel. Could I take you to dinner? Coming in hot. I like it. Where are we going? Smiley face. Cactus club or Bubba Gump? Smiley face. Ooh, Bubba Gump. Cactus is pretty overdone, I think. Shrangamungi. I haven't been to Bubba Gump. I guess you have. And then she doesn't respond. And then six days later, he goes, Let's go, smiley face. And then four days later, she says, Hey, Sean, I'm going to politely decline. Sorry. Good luck out there. And then he replies at 527 in the morning. May I ask why? It's just weird to actually get a message declining. Tug out emoji. And then three days later, she doesn't respond. So he says again, I'm so depressed. Thank you. Thank you. That's fuckboy theater. Fuckboy theater. Go to go to a therapist, Sean. Depression is real. Don't hide your emotions, but don't tell a woman about them, okay? She doesn't want to hear it. Uh, this is the second to last episode I'll be recording before I do ayahuasca. Okay. I got, I ordered sweatpants because the late, they're certified people, shamans. They are certified shamans. I don't know if certified is the right word, but that's what I'm going to say. They did classes and shit. (laughs) I just watched the doggy series, uh, escaping twin flames. Because Corinne said on Guys We Fuck that she's like, she was worried as she was watching it that I was a cult that I would totally join. And she's in high school, absolutely right. College, probably also right. Now, finally, thankfully, I'd be like, that's some horseshit. But, um, you know, the cult did use a lot of terms that like spiritual people use, but that are good. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. They're giving us a bad name. Anyway, I'm doing ayahuasca. And the, the, the couple leading the group, it's going to be upstate in, in a couple hours away. I'm going to drive up there. They said they recommended. So I, I want to talk about a little bit, but I'm mostly curious. Have are you listening? Have you done ayahuasca? Was it good? And do you have any tips? OK, I'm always curious about other people's experiences with everything. And I'm usually typically a control freak. I obviously a, a high end psychedelic such as ayahuasca the main thing is you got to surrender to it. So that I'm very familiar with. And it's like when I pull tarot for myself, you know, because they do it all the time. I'm just like, what do I need to know? So for this ayahuasca thing, my main intention is I want to stay grounded and present as much as I can. And whatever I got to look at, whatever shit's going to come up on that movie screen, whether it's a horror movie or a comedy or uh, Alice in Wonderland, whatever it is, I I will accept it. I say that now. Um but yeah, the the woman, we got a big email sent out to us and she was like, wear white if you can, like white, you know, we're going to sleep on our yoga mats, which I'm like, okay. And I didn't realize this. I was like, how many, we're just doing ayahuasca on the Saturday because I'm driving up Friday. She's like, no, we're going to do it on Friday and Saturday. I'm like, oh, fucking shit. Okay. I'm going to do this crazy psychedelic drug twice. 
Let's go. Let's excavate. Okay. Get out your excavation tools. We're going to excavate Christina's heart and mine. Uh, and there was this drug, I think it was called Cambo, K-A-M-B-O. She said, yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah, right? Is that what it's called? Hold on, I'm looking at the email. Yeah, K-A-M-B-O. I would love a headcount of anybody who would definitely like to receive Cambo during the weekend. You can also make the decision when you're here. We'll speak more on this medicine together, but for now, this is a magical purgative, purgative experience that will help cleanse your body of toxins, deepen your journey with grandmother, and help remove emotional and energetic blockages. And now look, I mean, that description sounds great, but I'm like, I'm going to add another fucking crazy psychedelic drug to this doing a twofer of this other crazy psychedelic drug. I guess that's okay. Has anybody done both? And was it okay? You okay? I'm a little, I'm not, I got to say, I'm mostly excited. And there's a, there's a little bit of nervousness with excitement. I think that's kind of goes hand in hand, at least if you're me. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And the b- bunch of people, it's about 12 of us, we're doing it this beautiful property. We got a whole they got whole things planned. It's going to be very simple. We're going to eat simple shit. It's, I can't wait. And we're we can't have our phones. Fuck yeah. I don't want my fucking phone. Put it bury it in your koi pond. Okay? Just drop it in the koi pond. Uh and then give it back to me cuz I'll need it afterwards. But um Everybody in the group there, she was like, I encourage everybody to introduce themselves really, just really quick. And then I was reading everybody's introductions. I was like, damn, these people, their professions, very cool. I can't, one person, this is one I'll say, and hopefully, maybe I'll interview them later if they want to. I don't know. Maybe we'll make friends. Maybe we won't. I have no idea. No idea what to expect. But one person was a death doula. And I was like, okay, speak in my language. Let's go. I want to know everything about your death doula experience. What? A death doula? People say you can't, it's hard to change careers. I think when I'm like 70 plus, I want to be a death doula. That sounds amazing. Because I think uh, as Westerners, we look at death weird and I think it's wrong. Okay. Obviously death exists, but it doesn't have to be as awful as we make it. Um, so yeah, all the people that are introducing themselves, giving their background, a lot of like spiritual people, uh, healery people. And I'm very excited to talk to them. But maybe I won't. Maybe I'll do ayahuasca and I'll be like, the walls are judging me. Huh? And I'll just be, you know, on the ceiling the whole time like Spider-Man. Who fucking knows? I saw a bunch of movies this past week. One of them, uh, in addition to the Renaissance film featuring Christina Marie Hutchinson, um, is this movie Saltburn, which I'll get to that later. But uh, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's a weird, my kind of weird. Um, but there was previews. We got there. We were watching the previews. And... Their preview started and this, there was a, a film, they were previewing a film. It was an older woman and then this like beautiful young woman, uh, presumably it was her grandma and it was made clear that she had some type of dementia. And so the granddaughter was taking her around to all the places. It was gorgeous music, very emotionally manipulative music playing, taking her to all her old haunts. Grandma, this was your school. This is where you grew up. This is where. And then there was a scene where she took her to, I guess, a graveyard where her late husband's grave was. And then the husband appeared on a bench. And then they hit. it was this beautiful moment. And I'm fucking cry, cry, crying. Okay. My double Pisces ass watching this preview going, oh, that's so beautiful. What movie is that? And then on the screen, it goes. Chevrolet. <laughs> Fuck you, Chevrolet. Fuck you. 
We don't need we don't need car companies to embody. I don't need a car commercial to make me cry. Okay, it's emotional manipulation, and I fucking hate you now, Chevrolet. I'm glad Calvin Hobbes pissed all over your fucking logo. Fuck you for doing that. I thought this was some fucking movie that I was going to see later and cry to it. And it's a Chevrolet commercial. What the fuck does a woman with dementia and her granddaughter reminding her of her life have anything to do with Chevrolet? Fuck you. The people that are doing the brand shit for Chevrolet, go to the movie business or the television business where stories like these belong. Okay, don't fucking blue ball me into an emotional journey and then say Chevrolet. I fucking hate you. I'll never rent a Chevrolet or drive a Chevrolet or be in a Chevrolet ever again, except if I'm calling an Uber and the Chevrolet shows up, then I guess I'll have to make an exception. But fuck you for manipulating me, Chevrolet. Okay. also go see Saltburn. It's a good movie. There's a lot of penises in it, which I really appreciate. Love male nudity. The hot guy from Euphoria is in it. Oh, what a hot guy. What's his name? Jacob Elordi, I think. Jacob Lordi. Jacob what? Elcordi. Elcordi. Fucking Jacob Elhadi. God damn, that is a handsome man. And you saw his butt and you saw him jerking off. Yes. Yes. God is good. I'm religious now. Um, Speaking of hot bodies, naked nudity. Uh, I saw a show last night. How much time am I doing? I'm actually timing myself now, Michael. 33. Oh, really? Oops, I timed myself late. Um, I went to a show last night, and I'm going to recommend it. And they're not sponsoring this. There's pro- Yes, there are ads on the show. I'm not reading them yet. But if you're interested in advertising on our show, you can email. Do you have an email address? Yeah, you can email me. <laughs> What's your email address? Like, Michael A. Coscarelli at gmail.com. Michael A. Coscarelli at gmail.com. If you want to place an ad on the voices in our heads, our numbers are pretty fucking good. I got to be honest. Okay. They're really good. So if you want to, I got it. Your girl is good at ad reads. I love doing ad reads, but I only approve sponsors that I like. Okay. So if it goes against my morals or values or I haven't tried it or it seems kind of dumb, if I'm doing the ad read, I'm not going to do the ad read. But if it's a product that I like, are you a small business? Yeah, I'm talking to you. What are you on your treadmill? You do any spreadsheets? Fucking listen up. You're listening to a podcast. Focus. It's Christina Marie Hutchinson saying you can email. What's your email address again? Michael A. Coscarelli at gmail.com. Michael A. Coscarelli. Put it in the show notes. Michael A. Coscarelli at gmail.com. Going to be in those show notes too, boo. Uh, if you want to place an ad on the voices in our heads, email Michael and we will discuss the rate. But I got to say, if I like your products, I know how to sell. I know how to sell a product because if I believe in it, it's not even selling. It's not even fucking. And I'll make up a really funny ad for you. And there's so many great small businesses. We're on the heart of good small businesses in Williamsburg. And you bet your ass I'm going to go shopping after this. <laughs> Do I need to? And oh, no. But I will. Um I digress. This so this is uh, to clarify. I'm not going to do an ad for the show. However, if they wanted to advertise, y'all got a hefty ass budget for, and you're an immersive theater venue. I saw at the McKittrick Hotel. They're the one who puts on Sleep No More. Love that show. Saw it twice. Um, have some notes, but it was great. It was fucking fantastic. Okay, this is a great example of immersive theater. I love immersive theater. One of my goals. I'm going to speak it into a bl- uh, into the universe as many times as I think about it. So suck it. Okay. Uh, is I want to get investors to purchase an apart, a small apartment building in somewhere in the five boroughs. And I want each apart, I want to turn it into an immersive theater venue. Each floor is going to be, I think my first theme is going to be emotions and we're going to use all the five senses, maybe including the sixth sense. I don't know. depends on how much budget I get. And every floor is going to be a different emotion. And each apartment is going to be a very meticulously lit sound design, prop design, actors, dancers, all that shit. 
We're going to fly in people from around the world. We're going to do artist grants. We're going to give fucking Beyonce's going to do a guest month. She's going to do a Beyonce theme. That putting that into fucking the the universe on my shopping list, on my wish list. Uh, anyway, the McKittrick Hotel is an immersive theater venue. They got the right investors because goddamn, that place is nice. The tickets are very expensive. Uh, but we saw a show, me and my girl Steph saw a show called Hypnotique. When I tell you, I one of my goals with, you know, if possible with the ayahuasca, it's, it, it's something I would like to happen. But if there's other shit I got to look at, then show me the other shit, okay? But it would be cool if I could step more into my feminine energy. That is one of my 2024 intentions, I want to, I want to, I want to lead more with my divine feminine energy. Okay. Okay. Uh, this show put me in that zone immediately. And afterwards I was just so fucking hyped. There were so many titties. Oh, there was so many titties. I'm going to read you the description of the show. The McKittrick Hotel presents Hypnotique, an indulgent after dark experience that moves with you. Yeah, it does. Oh my God. I was so turned on the whole time. Discover sensual and spontaneous performances Bold sonic soundscapes, which is very important. Their speaker system is fucking fantastic. Okay. And the the song mixes they chose, amazing. And dreamlike dances that wrap you, wrap around you in an otherworldly atmosphere. Warning, you will experience nudity. <laughs> yes, you will. And you're welcome. Flashing strobe lights and haze. Okay. So if you got the seizure thing, that sucks that you can't see this show. I really, that sucks because there was usually strobe lights disorient me and I'm like, ah, I don't like this. But the way that they did it, first of all, all the dancers were hot as shit and they were sexy as shit. Okay. That's why your girl loves a good strip club. I love when women are feeling sexy and they're being sexy and they're fucking owning it and they're loving it. I'm like, yes, girl, show me those titties. I love it. I just love it. I get so hyped. It's my cocaine. Women fucking being sexy, showing their titties is my cocaine. Okay. It's my cocaine. Um, the show was so good. It was so good. And the dancers, yo, these chicks were so gorgeous and they were so good at dancing. The costume design was amazing. Go, I would, this is a good, uh, one to go with, with a romantic partner. It's so sexy. You can dress sexy. There's a lot. I didn't get that memo. I should have known because I got the description of the show and I wore, I wore a fucking sweater and I was like, damn it. But you bet your ass I'm going to go again and I'm going to have, I'm going to wear straps. That's it. No shirt, just straps. Um, it's great to go to with a partner because it's very sexy. It's beyond a strip club. It's really entertaining. You see, you see so many titties and these women are, they own their femininity in the exact way of why I love Beyonce. Her feminine energy, I aspire to that. Oh my God. And these women, like their, their skin was so like soft and they were such good dancers and their face and their body matched. It was in sync. They were hot as shit. Their titties were sick. I just can't recommend the show enough. It's so good. I can't wait to go again. Um, and I'm still on a high from it because I saw it last night. God, those titties. Just fantastic. Paired with music, the like a bass line that you can't not grind the air when you listen to it, okay? It was so good. Um, all right, so I'm going to skip some of these because we're um, running over as I figured we were. I'm going to read a brief section, kind of brief, uh, from, I can't find the book, What Happened? What ha- Happened to You? I don't know. I didn't leave it here, did I, Mike? I don't think so. 
You can't find the book? You no. lost it? Yeah, and my apartment's not that big. It has to be somewhere. It has to be somewhere. I'll keep an eye out. But. Yeah, it's, I mean, if it's not there, I, I don't know. I don't know where it is. But um, So I was like, fuck, I really wanted to read from that book. But you know what? Sometimes it's great to take a little, to a little not detour. talk. Yeah. We don't have to talk about trauma. We could talk about being addicted to love, sex, and porn instead. Um, this is a, another book that I that's in my current rotation. It's so funny. When I was in my 20s, when I said current rotation, I meant hot guys to have sex with, that I have sex with. Um, I'll go out and be like, which one for my rotation tonight? You know, it was like 21, 22, cocky shit. But now when I say my rotation, I mean self-help books, okay? Just as thrilling and much more beneficial. Um, although sex is on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so like we need it. Uh, so this book is We Are All Addicts, A Soul's Guide to Kicking Your Compulsions uh, by Carter Stout, PhD. And I'm going to read a little section from chapter eight, Love, Sex, and Porn. I didn't read this yet, right? I'm pretty sure I didn't. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Um, okay. Let's assume that all of us have been in love at some point. And if you haven't, you're going to try it. It's fucking great. When it is pure, it feels incredible. There's nothing quite like it. We are born with love in our being. Our brand new cells are saturated with it. Ooh, then why do babies cry? Because they don't want to be here. Because they're like, this fucking sucks. In fact, when we are infants, our wholehearted essence is driven by giving and receiving love without thought or hesitation. We are little love machines churning with all a desire for warmth, closeness, and nourishment. All we know is love, regardless of its reciprocation. That's true. Babies don't get butt hurt. One of the reasons why I love them. And dogs. Dogs and babies do not get butt hurt. It's very admirable. It is the elemental structure of our being. In these early stages, our minds have yet to be jaded by complicated and unforgiving existences. Ego has not infiltrated our minds, and therefore, our thoughts are unimpeded by the fear of human suffering or psychological pain. Remember those days, guys? Me neither. This love we feel, the love of the soul, is archetypal. It is, a, it is present in each and every one of us to some degree. Even as adults, when our love becomes buried under heaps of traumatic experience, it is still there waiting to be uncovered. One of my most inspirational roles as a psychologist is to help my patients find it once more. But when it is rediscovered, love is often damaged or diluted. Oops. Oopsie poopsie. Uh, la, 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 la. Oops, I lost my place because I was trying to do all this <laughs> fucking fancy ass fucking sound design. Uh, okay, there we go. This is when love addiction may occur. As Robert Palmer so aptly crooned in the 1985 mega hit, might as well face it, you're addicted to love. Mm. Goddamn right. You know what's funny? I was reading my diary, my old diary from middle school and high school before yesterday in preparation for this episode because I was like, oh, maybe I want to read because I found them in storage. Dude, talk about love addiction. All I fucking talked about was which boy I liked and if I was happy with how much they liked me or not. Mostly wasn't. But all I talked about was boys. Boy, was I addicted to love. I still am. Love addiction is real. Yes, it is, Carter. Yes, it is. And affects millions of people from all walks of life. In fact, I would argue that most relationships between romantic partners, family friends, and close friends are hindered by an unhealthy concept of love. If we only could revert to the comprehension of love we held as babies, I mean, amen. But this is challenging for most adults as we are perpetually stuck in our egotistical thought process. And that's why Mother Ayahuasca is going to help me with that. Knock me on my ass, mama. For many adults, love is painful, conditional, and obsessive. <laughs> it's a tough sell. 
Three characteristics that the soul never intended it to be. In contrast, the pure love of the soul is meant to invoke joy, to be universally applied and without a sense of urgency. Oh, shit, word? Wait, it's to be love? Oh, that sucks. The pure love of the soul is meant to invoke joy and no sense of urgency. See, that's my whole, that's my whole diary was just urgency. Fuck, I still feel that. Oops, gotta work on that. Come on, ayahuasca, help me. So how have we strayed so far from the authentic tenets of our soul's love? Well, this is one of the prices of being human. As we move from childhood to adolescence and into our adulthood, we begin living in our heads and not in our hearts. That's what I'm saying. We place so much emphasis on the acquisition of facts and information and much less on the development of a healthy psyche. Wow. Let me read that again for the people in the back. We place so much emphasis on the acquisition of facts and information and much less on the development of a healthy psyche. But not if you're listening to this fucking show. Or if you're a member of my Patreon, ooh, accidental plug, but it was natural. Our society deserves most of the blame for this. Ha <laughs> ha, let's blame it on that. As emotional and mental health have not been historically prioritized on a culture, policied, or legislative level. One need only look at no child left behind to see how standardized measurements superseded individual concern. Yeah, that wasn't good. Just put the kids in a cage. Leave them behind in a cage. Even if love is valued by parents or caregivers, it is usually not modeled by them in the healthiest ways. Yeah, man. I mean, if you had like a addicted parent, mentally ill parent, okay, yeah, that definitely sucks. But if your parent wasn't addicted or mentally ill, there's the odds of them still not modeling love the best way is high. So we're all fucked, okay? We came here to learn and grow and figure it out. Our parents are human beings, unfortunately, and most of them have not effectively dealt with the wounds of their own childhoods. I mean, you could say that 27 times every second of the day. This life, uh, this left them unprepared to administer healthy love to their children and more likely to pass on the intergenerational trauma of a family system. I mean, snap, snap, snap. That is good. How our parents treat us is often somewhat determined by how they were treated by their parents. If there was a dearth of love in their household, they may be, un- they may be uncomfortable expressing it to us in the way we need. Most of the patients I have worked with recall feeling as though they did not receive enough love from their parents. This tale is common for the love addict. Oh, thank God. I blame it on my parents. Woohoo! Yay! It's not my fault. Who seeks validation and attention from partners to meet this childhood lack. Every day, bitch. So what is a love addict, really? You're looking at her. Christina Marie Hutchinson. Horny for love and creative fulfillment. Remember that addiction is simply an obsessive surge of energy collected in our thoughts that leads us to compulsive action. With love addiction, it is no different. The love addict has brought into the myth, bought into the myth that a deep committed long-term relationship is the solution to their dissatisfaction with life. (sighs) I mean, apparently it's not, but God damn it doesn't feel like it in the moment. And then when the feelings go away, you're like, why aren't you making me feel so good that I'm forgetting about all my shit? (sighs) Thoughts about the perfect mate consume them and they become obsessed with finding one. I feel like I'm reading my diary. Dating apps are heaven for the love addict. Scrolling left and right becomes a daily ritual. For the most part, the love addict falls hard and fast. Love bombing much. With a matter of few, a few encounters, they are certain that they found the right person. They put their potential mates up on a pedestal almost immediately. Oh, fuck. I do that so hard. 
oh, I do that so hard and see only the good in them. Oh, it hurts. Discounting anything that may not be ideal as well as the proverbial red flags. This feels personal. The love addict searches for the feeling of love as their savior. Oh, man. They believe that someone else is ultimately responsible for their sense of joy. Not anymore. You girl worked on herself. And it is only it is only through the communal aspects of life that they will be fulfilled. It is the compulsion of the love addict to constantly be see- in seeking mode. <laughs> check, 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 and check. It becomes the dominant energetic force that drives their thoughts and actions. They are looking for something that perhaps they have never been able to find. A healthy, stable relationship that includes mutual affection and excitement. Just kidding, I found it, but still, it took a long time. Unfortunately, the love addict tend to push too hard in their quest. Yeah, that's why I tried to get molested by my middle school teacher, and he said no, because I, well, probably because he was a good person and not a pedophile, but secondly, because I came on real strong. Their timeline of love is short. They pursue it with desperation and urgency. Often, the recipients of this torrent of romantic neediness pull back from the intensity. Uh-huh. Does it feel good? No. no. Much to the dismay of the love addict, me, the more they express their powerful feelings. Because <laughs> sometimes it's like, well, I can't be feeling these one way. They're so powerful running through my bones. Surely you have to feel something. But do you? No. No. The more their potential partners have second thoughts. The recognition that your suitor is coming on too strong is actually a healthy one, but it does not feel that way to the love addict. (laughs) No, it does not, my friend. The love addict can't understand why everyone doesn't feel the way they do. Oh, God. And are perplexed when their new partners try to set boundaries and even break up with them. They feel victimized and misunderstood, and their love remains unrequited. So they move on to the next unavailable, unsuspecting mark. Oh, that's harsh. But I need to hear it. The love addict is driven by a desire to be seen. (laughs) You know, I've read this book so many times, but reading these words out loud is just like, ah, fuck. It is, it's especially because I just read my diaries last night and I was like, Jesus Christ, Christina, before there was Adderall, there was love. It is often an unconscious force that drives them and they feel powerless and resistance to change their behavior. The fairy tale of love becomes the central axis on which the love addict turns. Yeah. And guess what? It makes it worse for little girls who grew up with puffy box Disney movies from the 90s. Oh, you kidnapped my dad? Let me help you and then fall in love with you later. Beauty and the Beast. Had a Beauty and the Beast comforter, Beauty and the Beast curtains. Beauty and the Beast was my, I watched that movie every fucking day. Really thought that was a good plan that she had. And it worked. But didn't realize that movies are different. The idea of love is much more compelling to them in the relationship itself. For they are moved by the will of the ego and not of the soul. The ego has grabbed hold of the idea that without romantic love, life is meaningless. I mean, that was the, that was the slogan of my zero to 27 years. Remember, the ego is powerful, Uh uh-huh, misleading and often toxic. It believes it has our best interests in mind, but more often than not is propelled by fear. Damn it. Fear is the polar opposite of love. Wait, I thought it was indifferent. I guess fear too. I'm currently seeing a patient caught in the throes of love addiction. They are no stranger to hinge, match, and bumble and jokes that they should buy stock in all three. (laughs) That's fucked up but I know 87 million of those people. In the two years previous to our work together, they have been in love six times. (laughs) 
or so they thought. Ooh, shots fired. Each relationship has ended after a few months, usually a few days after they've professed their devotion. They reluctantly admitted that they had been dumped by most of their boyfriends. Uh, was a, of course, it was a fucking girl they'd ever had. When they met a guy they liked, they became overtaken by a desire to see him all the time. Oopsie poopsie. They couldn't control their need to text him on an hourly basis. All right, that's fucked up. And their mood depended wholly on the content of the replies they received. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Because if he fucking gives you a half-assed one-word answer, does it mean you're not worthy? No. No. They tried to hold themselves back, but to no avail. They knew that their methodology was backfiring, that it was pushing men away, but they had no idea how to change their dysfunctional pattern that stuck to them like a shadow. They couldn't bear the thought of being single because they believed that their happiness was contingent on being in love. But it is. Without a loving partner, they felt like their life would be meaningless. They hated being alone and thought it reflected their undesired uh, undesirability. Oh, thank God I don't do that. I fucking love being alone. They suffered from low self-esteem, a product of their family upbringing. I could tell that they had lost all contact with their soul. When I asked them about it, just say she, dude, just say she, just say she. When I asked her about it, when I asked Christina about it, their response was, what soul? Oh, you didn't ask me that because that would not be my answer. We would have been work. Uh, we've been working together to find it ever since. <laughs> Surgeon, we discussed that it would be difficult to love someone else unless they began the process of loving themselves first. We uncovered uh, that they were looking for someone to save them from the arduous task of working out their own issues. Guess what, baby girl, baby boys, and baby days and thems? Wherever you go, there you are. Even if you're in a relationship, your shit's still there. Wait for those honeymoon feelings to go away, and the terror will creep back up. For years, they avoided the topic of themselves, both dismissing it as selfish. Uh, and being too frightened to dig into the emotional trauma of their past. Again, just say her. Instead, they scanned the horizon for a shiny object, men mostly, that they perceived would rescue them. Unfortunately, their pain was far too cumbersome, and their insecurities surfaced almost immediately in every relationship. After working through some of their negative childhood beliefs and replacing them with more truthful, positive ones, we began focusing on the present. The question remained, how could they begin to love themselves after so many years of self-doubt and diffidence. What does that word mean? No idea. Do you know what that means, Mikey? Diffidence? It sounds like you're saying difference wrong. Spell it wrong. Spell it. D-I-F-F-I-D-E-N-C-E. Diffidence. I don't know that word. Somebody, no. some, 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 all y'all nerds listening, you're going, this is what it means. Don't worry. I'll look it up later. You don't got to DM me. The answer was inside them all along. Their soul was waiting to heal them. As a psychologist, I'm aware that focusing on harmful beliefs created by family trauma is a vital way in which to heal. But there are also other effective methods to boost self-esteem and find self-love. The ego perpetuates limiting and uh, detrimental thoughts that sometimes are difficult to shake. In some cases, it is best to take the focus off of ourselves for one goddamn second and focus more on the core values we have established. The soul is generous, kind, and thoughtful, and these attributes apply to your relationship not only with yourself, but with others. Okay, bitch? Self-love is fostered by the esteemable actions we engage in, as well as how we treat ourselves. In order to build self-esteem, sometimes we must look past ourselves Thank God. Okay. Thank God. That's why I love doing the Patreon thing. Cause I'm like, what are your problems? I don't want to focus on my problems. What did you got going on? What fucked up shit you got going on? We're not fucked up shit. In order to build self-esteem, sometimes we might, uh, must look past ourselves and pivot towards others in need. This is why I got to join my Patreon guys. This is an accidental ad. Helping people 
who are less fortunate is congruent with the will of the soul. Here is an exercise that will make you feel better about who you are as a person. And I'll quickly tell you what it is. Get, get the book if, you, if this resonates. Uh, this week, this is your homework assignment, bitch. This week, do something for someone. This could be a friend of yours or even someone you do not know. Think about something this person may need. It could be a ride home, a raise. Hey, paying people more never backfires. I got to be honest. Maybe it does if you pay them too much, but pay people more. Uh, or a soccer jersey for their inner child or their man child. Take initiative and approach this person with a kind gesture that is out of your normal comfort zone. Make your gift something meaningful so they will feel an impact in their life. This does not have to be monetary. It could simply be an hour of your time. Give something away with no questions asked. Here's the kicker. You ready for this, guys? And in the world of 2023, 2023 social media bullshit, influencer bullshit, this is going to be tough to hear, but here's the kicker, okay? You listening? Take a deep breath. You're not allowed to tell anybody that you've done this. Wait, that's not what I meant. That's what I meant. It's your secret. Many feel a rush of positive energy when they volunteer, donate their time, money, or need to, uh, or needed good to a charitable organization. Or get involved with a mutual aid group. That is the soul acknowledging your action. Okay? Okay? You good? If you don't ayahuasca, DM me. At Christina Hutch. Follow me on social media. At Christina Hutch. It's K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A. Mostly on Instagram. Sometimes Twitter. But Instagram. And follow Mikey Big Dong Dickie Cockett Scarelli. What's your handle, Mikey? <laughs> at Mike Coscarelli. <laughs> Mike Coscarelli. Michael A. Coscarelli at gmail.com. If you're interested in placing an ad on the voices in our heads, we can discuss the rates if I like the product. And if I like the product, guarantee you, I got a lot. But you know what my demographic is? Fucking 24 to 35 year old women. This is true. Yeah. They buy shit because I'm one of them. I buy shit all the time. Too much. Too much. Okay. But I'm a good seller. And I'm not going to sell you something that I don't believe in. All right. Love you guys. Have a good day.